0: Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. Yo, what's up, fam? What can we say about today's chat? Trendsetter, stylist, fashion easter, a quarter of the IGTV Lady Bunch show, drum roll, Elliot Garno. If we're stirring the pot, can we say the other half of Roro, Rosalia Russian? 100%. And as always, Elliot, EJ, who oozes charm and is full of energy. He packs some killer quick wit and has an unapologetic approach to work and life. He's the official stylist for Chadston, the VRC, and has worked with the likes of Louis Vuitton, Fendi, Christian Louboutin and Lane Crawford, just to name a few. Elliot chats about his career so far from Hong Kong, Paris, Sydney and home in Melbourne. He looks back on his mentors, business and how luck kick-started him becoming one of Australia's leading stylists. This one's a good one. Don't forget to like, subscribe and show us some love. Bye. What's up, guys? So today, I'm super excited. We're sitting down with fashionista, party starter, oh and good friend, While he takes a sip. Is that water? <laughs> I'm taking a sip of my
1: lemon water, and I wish it was tequila. The conversation that we just had before yeah. we started recording was,
0: we're going to have like coffee
1: or tequila, and now it's like peppermint tea, green tea, lemon juice, oh, yeah. so like... I'm sorry to disappoint. But, <laughs> so,
0: Elliot Garno, welcome to Curious Conversations. Thanks for having me, guys. We're so excited. So, I have to say this before we start. I did a shout-out on Instagram asking the fam, like, who they'd like to see. And you were highly requested. Number one, actually. Yeah. Number one. You Number have one. a little fan, like, fan Well, group. I'm glad
1: to hear that people aren't over me talking absolute shit <laughs> because people have been watching it on the Lady Bunch. And then, like, as you guys know, it's such good friends of mine and everyone knows that I love to have a chat. So, like, And when I got the message to come on, I was like... No-brainer, obviously. Yes. We're here to support each other. We love getting around our friends. We love getting around our friends new ideas, new projects, and that's yeah. what we're here for. That's love what the found that. does, that we love support that. each other.
0: Yeah. Well, the Lady Bunch, congrats. Thank you. That's bloody exciting. We have, that actually got me through isolation. You guys were so funny.
1: It was, it was one of those things where um, it was really funny. A friend of mine in Sydney, Lockie Falconer, he had said to me, he was like, you need to check out this app called House Party. Yeah. And I remember, like, a couple of years ago, a friend of mine, Lucy, was chatting to me about House Party. I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, it sounds... Ridiculous! Like, if you want to go see your friends, just go see it. But then when ISO came up mm-hmm. and House Party, when we couldn't see our friends, it was like the best way to actually go in and out of people's rooms in inverted commas. And you're like, you're jumping in, and you're like all of a sudden, you're like, oh my god, like someone's in this room. And you're like, yeah. oh my god, am I going to walk in them sleeping together? And it's like, <laughs> what's going on here? It's like so scandalous. And then um, I was chatting to the girls, and we were just chatting about work. And then uh, Beck came on, and then Emma came on, and Rosalia came on, and we were chatting. The four of us on the app, mm-hmm. and then it was just the natural progression of having a conversation. Beck Harding was actually the one who was like, maybe we should record this. Yeah. Like it could be kind of funny just to like just see what happens and then there was an audience Boom. for it. Much I like the it. podcast, right? Like yeah. you guys started chatting and then bang.
0: Yeah, there we go. I love that. Who was your favourite guest?
1: Um, Who was my favourite guest? I I loved having Elle Ferguson on.
0: Yeah, she was great. I was
1: uh, like that was a really organic progression for us to have mm. her on due to the fact that we all naturally gravitated towards her product. Yeah. That Elle effect is actually a fucking amazing fake tan and that's not sponsored at all. That is yeah. like a proper plug. Um, and I actually used to be Elle's booker. What did you? Like years ago, years ago, years ago. For those who don't know, I worked for Roxy Go. Roxy's listening to this podcast. Hi, doll. Miss you. (laughs) Um, And I was working for the Ministry of Talent and I was Elle's booker. And so we got along so well. We travelled the world together. Well, Not the world, actually. We travelled around the country together. And then as our friendship progressed and we reconnected through work, we ended up like we were just in New York together for Fashion Week. And so it was really cool to kind of come full circle and then be able to have her on the show and interview her about her business and her product and how far she's come since we were working together. So that was really cool. I really like that.
0: Love that. And what's next for Lady Bunch? Obviously isolation's kind of ended.
1: Yeah, isolation's done. So we've got a new format of the show for season two. Um, Not sure when this podcast goes to air, but tomorrow, so if you're listening in the future, the show's probably already (laughs) out and you've probably already tuned out. But it's the 10th of June. It's a Wednesday and we're launching tomorrow night on the 11th of June Ah. and we're launching with... Um, Julie Bishop is our oh, first oh. guest. Oh, yeah. oh wow. so Julie Bishop. wow. I love Bish- her. Yeah, she's amazing. Amazing. And she was so incredible to interview as well. Like, obviously, with, like, the experience that she's had throughout her career is, is astronomical. You know, she was the first female deputy leader of the Liberal Party. She was the first female Australian foreign minister. So, like, the stuff that comes from her is incredible. But also, as well, like, we don't want to defer deter, rather, too much from our audience. Yeah. We know that we like the lady bunch we talk smack. So, yeah. Talking about her sartorial choices, she was a very fashionable woman. She was very passionate and vocal about supporting Australian designers uh, and she knew that she had that platform because she's yep. one of the real only politicians that we've seen actually get dressed up and look chic as fuck. Yeah,
0: she's very Everyone chic.
1: else looks like daggy and like frumpy.
0: Yeah. So, did, did you give her any fashion advice or did she give you any? No, I was
1: too scared. <laughs> <laughs> I actually asked her to give our, our audience some advice. Really? So, yeah.
0: Oh, I'm excited to watch that. I Which can't wait to watch that.
1: So that's tomorrow night. Or even in the future. I hope you guys liked it.
0: So you've already mentioned you've had another career apart from styling, lady bunch and all that. And I know you've gone through a few careers. Can you tell yeah, us about your yeah. career progression and yeah, how so, you got to stylist?
1: So I um, – what, the whole thing?
0: Yep, go for it.
1: Okay, I'll give it to you in like a synopsis. <laughs> so I was um, – I graduated from school and in Melbourne and I went straight to university um, it was just kind of one of those things that I always knew that I wanted to do, like get a full tertiary education. And I actually started at um, Monash University doing communications. It wasn't my jam. And I'd also been accepted through an interview process and a portfolio evaluation for the White House Institute of Design. And I was at Monash and I knew within like months that it just wasn't for me. And I actually called White House and was like, is there a possibility that I can still pursue that position that you've offered me? And they're like, absolutely. Um, so I started the, the year late and, that, and I jumped straight into it. And then I... Um, I spent my time like working my ass off at uni and then I always thought to myself, if you're going to work in anything creative or in the fashion industry, it's very competitive. Obviously, it's very aspirational. So I spent all of my time in between semesters and in my summer breaks um, moving back and forth between Australia and Hong Kong. So my family moved to Hong Kong like 35 years ago. I've always had um, a really close relationship with the city and my family there. So I was like, okay, great. Um, my family had worked in, in the media and, the f- and food and beverage business over there. So I was like, okay, they can kind of hook me up with a job or an internship rather. So I went over there and um, interned at a company called Lane Crawford, which I know you guys yeah. know. Love. So I, w- I was there as a, just a junior burger and just kind of like faffed about in Lane Crawford in all the different areas of like PR events, buying, da-da-da-da-da. Anyway, cut a long story short, I ended up moving to Hong Kong permanently, was there for three years and worked as a junior buyer in women's shoes and accessories at Lane Crawford. And then after that, I came back to Australia and I knew that I didn't want to come back to Melbourne and I knew that, again, with a competitive advantage, I wanted to get some Sydney experience. I've always been a Melbourne kid at heart and I knew that I wanted to settle at home. Um, But my early 20s was definitely for, like, anyone who's a wanderlust who's listening will get it. Like, Mm -hmm. you guys have lived overseas. You just want to get out. So I was like, your early 20s is the best time to do that. You can get experience and you don't have to take life too seriously. So I moved to Sydney and I did two years in Sydney and I was very, very lucky to have landed a job with Roxy. Um, and I will say this, I've actually never been on the record and said this before, that she's one of the most incredible people I've ever worked for. She um, um, taught me a lot about now, in hindsight, yeah. running my own business. She's an incredible operator, um, as you can see, and, and an incredible business owner. And she taught me a lot about how I've conducted myself in my own business now. So for that, I'm very, very grateful um, for that experience with her. And then after that, I went and worked for a woman who's a very dear friend of mine still by the name of Sharon Finnegan. She was a celebrity manager, and um, I just kind of worked as her right hand for a year and a half. And then um, I kind of didn't really have much of an intention to come back to Melbourne, and I was in that management kind of in that area and and working with talent on, on that side of things. And then my dad was actually diagnosed with throat cancer in 2016. And it, my brother had always worked for my dad, and it just became like of paramount importance to my dad to have us both there in the family business whilst he was undergoing treatment. That's in banking. So for me, having absolutely zero experience in finance whatsoever, it wasn't probably the best fit in the entire world. But um, it was great to work for the family business and yeah. also learn the business of business through that as well. And I can also definitely attribute that to again how I run my business now. But Um, That was it. I was kind of sitting on my ass like I'd had all of this experience in Hong Kong, Sydney and in all different facets of the media and the fashion industry and I was working for the family business in banking and then one day, Lil Baker, who we all know very well, my uh, best mate from when I was 13 years old and our agent, she called me and said, I've got a really interesting opportunity for you and I was like, what's that? And she said that Rosalia Russian had been following me on Instagram and that she wanted to talked to me about a potential styling opportunity for the racing carnival and I was like styling never done that before in my fucking life like what are you talking about but then again I've always been very vocal about the fact that like you can't really teach style it's like an intrinsic thing that you have or you don't and it's very unique as well like it's so subjective I might like something that someone might not like as well um I'll be forever grateful for Rose Dahlia and her and I having very similar tastes she reached out to me I dressed her for we sat down and we met, and then two days later I was in a meeting with her about her Derby Day outfit for 2017 racing and the rest is history.
0: I remember that outfit because I think she was ambassador for Schweppes. She was. She was yeah, ambassador for I Schweppes. Remember.
1: And that was about the time we met as well. Because yeah. obviously you and Rose were best mates. And yeah. then it was all it was all just kind of nuts. It just took off. Like we did this really risque outfit with the issue collection. It was so short. It was so like not pc for the races she had no undies on because she had this like split yes. right up the side I was like you can't it's like 13 degrees she was like you fucker like what have I got myself yeah. in for here and we did the beret that I actually bought from Dior because I didn't have a network of um oh you
0: bought it oh, that God, I could I love reach that. out to and
1: talk to then because it was obviously like I was still working for my dad in yeah. banking and then doing that with Rosa on the side so I uh, yeah I was like if I like that that's what I'm gonna get I went and bought the beret from Dior and then
0: so you were, like, committed. Yeah, you right, were like, committed in- to the
1: cause. I'm like, if we're going to do it, I've never, ever been want someone to do anything in heart. Yes. So if are going to do it, do it 100%. The best you can do... Is try it. and if you fail, then fuck it. Yeah. Like you can try and fail; it's better to have never tried at all.
0: Yeah. So you've obviously always been passionate about fashion. Then I know your mum's super fashionable. She came in before your mum. Always <laughs> is so swaggy. Like she's so chic. Oh, I love. Do her you think you so got much. your? Yeah. Do you think you got your passion for fashion from your mum? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. We grew up in like a really sartorial family. Like yeah. My mum had my grandma actually had a store. At, my mum's from out. Well, it's not really the country anymore. But my mum is from a place called Eden Park, which is like past okay. Whittlesea. And um, they grew up in that kind of that area of, like, Woodlesea, Hearst like, for any listening to the two, don't know where that is, like, today. Um, and they, my grandma and my mum had a store together out there and they used to come to the city and go, and they always tell me these stories about um, going down Flinders Lane and they'd do the buy oh, and that's what you did, that. like, kind of back then in, yeah. like, the early 90s and the late 80s, early 90s, so they had this store out there. And then my grandma was always very chic and very well put together and then that resonated with mum and obviously she picked that up as well. And then Patch and I, my brother and I, have always kind of related to that as well yep. like um so we've always grown up around around clothes and and fashion's always been a very big thing in our family just for self-expression like as kids we were always taught to wear whatever we wanted and that was just kind of what made us us and we, yeah mum was never like not obviously when we we're like little little kids but like as we decided to kind of make our own choices mum would let us wear whatever we wanted and it was kind of like a thing that was a part of our family like dressing for yourself and in and how you like to define yourself really
0: yeah love that I love that now um Going back to Rosa, yeah. what would your favourite look be on Rosa? Attention. I know, right? <laughs> Fucking Rosa. Sorry. <laughs> Rosa. Let's, just, <laughs> let's just make this the last one. But what? No, I'm totally joking.
1: <laughs> I'm totally joking. Rosa and I have become like honestly like – I feel like it's just it's we it's it's one and the same yeah. for us now. Don't it's like with, we are a duo. We
0: sat down and spoke with Rosa, and there was numerous questions about you. So yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah also, exactly. <laughs> the thing with um you and Rosa, and we spoke about this in her podcast as well. It's like there's so many like similarities between you and Rosa and me and Sarah. Like the way like you guys work together but you're also like best mate. Same with us. Like yeah, we work well, together I mean, and best mate.
1: I sat with you guys at a desk for a year and a oh, half. I like, heard us
0: fight like every Everyone
1: <laughs> listening and if this hasn't been on already, these two fight like fucking cat <laughs> and dog. Like to the point where we all shared like a communal office and I'd just sit there and be like... Pretend I wasn't listening. Like <laughs> I'd have my AirPods in with no music playing, being like, "This is fucking <laughs> music." Like just listen to wave. Will, like Tully's cracking it at Sarah. Sarah's always the mellow one. Sarah's never, exactly. never made <laughs> wrong. It's always I you. Don't pretend like it's not.
0: <laughs> I have to Thank disagree. you, Elliot. You're yeah, the mellow do. one. You're the hothead. You must have been at the wrong fights because I've seen. <laughs> Sarah... <laughs> I was only at like
1: fifty percent of them for a year and a half. <laughs>
0: I've seen Sarah punch a table before and Nelly break her knuckle. Oh my... So I'm not sure <laughs> who the more aggressive. Can one I is. just say those <laughs> office days? If we had like a security camera in there, oh like God. it would have been a hell of a. Were those days. They were so much fun. I do Wish reality TV show. Uh, Friday afternoon, you used to hit Tinder Swipes. No, we got the Tinder,
1: Tinder Swipes. <laughs> Tinder Fridays, remember? Like yeah. we get on Tinder, and like, All right, everyone starts swiping, and we're just like See the you, Funny goodbye. thing is we
0: never found anyone. Anyone.
1: <laughs> anyone. Fuck the talent on Tinder.
0: Yeah, is I know. Is Awful. Useless. So what would your favourite outfit on Rosa be? Um favourite outfit on Rosa. Would it Rosa? be the first one? Like, because it's kind of started No, so it's funny because like
1: it's so seasonal fashion, obviously, as we Yeah, don't. of
0: course.
1: So you look back on your work from like two, three years ago and you fucking hate it. But at the time you totally awesome. – yeah. but I can really appreciate what we were doing at the time. But favourite outfit on Rosa, I've got to say, Cup Day last year was a huge standout for me. The oh, my L. God, L. I love my that. Dress. Louis Vuitton. Yeah. yeah. yeah that the was L. the – oh, nah,
0: that I was love amazing. that. That
1: was very, very – and like
0: – Old school. Old but school but like – But
1: like still quite – had that like the perfect amount, balance of like it was modern enough to look yeah. like it was contemporary for that day but also the silhouette and the, and the Alice band and everything made it obviously very, very, very traditional and quite conservative for her because we normally kind of go a little bit racier. Yeah. Um, and then there was an outfit that we did for the GQ Gentleman's Ball oh, two years ago. Was it so the, not the one. Yeah, the oh one. My God, We did sequence both years actually for that event. But like, it was not the all pink. It was the year before. It was an Attico dress from Harold's and it was like micro and rainbow.
0: Yeah, I loved that.
1: And it that was just really really fun.
0: I remember talking to Rosa a little while ago, and she was saying that that was one of her favorite outfits. It was
1: just a, it was incredible, and hair and makeup was just like bang on. Like the whole thing, Mon Gingold did her eyes. And Mon just nailed it and the hair yeah. just looked really good. Hermes did obviously an incredible job, as he always does, and it was just really hot and, like, perfect for the event. It was fun yeah. and young and fabulous.
0: How, oh no, sorry, sorry. I was going to say, how do you go with if not only Rose, if if another person, guy or girl, you style or yeah. an outfit you put together, if it gets slammed and, like, people. How are. do you take criticism? I'm shit. How are you out?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, is everyone a little shit taking <laughs> criticism? No, to be honest, I've got this thing. And I, I definitely think it comes with like experience and time doing what we do yep. in any vocation. And it's the thing that my dad always said this to me. He's like, mate, opinions are like fucking assholes. Everyone's got one. Right? I love
0: that. And yeah. at, at the end of the day, it's, it's quite true. Like for you now. cannot
1: be concerned with the opinions of other people because yep. I work in a very, very subjective industry. So as I said earlier, like no two people like the same thing, and that's yep. what makes us all really unique. If my client's happy and I'm happy, then I've done my job. You can't please everyone. Like people will look at things and think it looks like total shit and other people will look at it and be like, I need that dress right now. Yeah. So I feel like I've done my job when the client's happy first and foremost and then I'm happy. But I would never not be happy if my client wasn't happy. So um, the criticism, it kind of just becomes white noise. Yeah. I don't really hear it.
0: Do you read like if you if an outfit – got. Of course. Yeah, I absolutely do. I absolutely do. Like
1: if I'm doing red car, if I'm doing big red carpets, like Logies and Brownlow, um, M, like all of those like big Australian red carpets, I absolutely read the reviews because you do want to know what, what everyone thinks. And as long as I'm proud of the work that I've done, I can handle the criticism because people might, people might not like what I've done, but at that time and sending that outfit to a red carpet, I know that I've given it every single fucking part of me and that I'm over the, moon 10 out of 10 happy with what I've produced. Um, But, yeah, sometimes they do get slammed. But there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah,
0: it's life, hey. That's life. When you're getting, like, a new client, so obviously – You dress more people than Rosa. (laughs) Before I go to the questions, tell us some other people that you've dressed um, in the past or dress now.
1: Um, So at the beginning of the year, I work really closely with Nolsey, Elise Knowles, who I know you guys know, who's uh, great mates with your very dear friend, Brooke Meredith. Yep. Um, I work really closely with Beck Harding. I've worked really closely with Nadia Fairfax in the past. I've worked really closely with Phoebe Burgess in the past. I've done work with Kate Waterhouse in the past. I've done – oh, my God, I'm just trying to think, like, who – um, Shanina? Shanina Shake. Yep. Um, I worked with really closely for the launch of Fall Winter um, uh, at Chadston, where I am the official stylist and absolutely love that role. Um, so I did three days straight with Shanina. She was the most incredible client ever. She was so great and so receptive. I love that experience. I worked with Phoebe Tonkin in collaboration with Chanel Beauty, and that was over in Paris. Oh, with, she's so with, beautiful. Um, she's stunning uh, with Gritty Pretty. So uh, that was, there's some, been some amazing, incredible experiences with international talent like Shanina and Phoebe that I'll never forget. Uh, so I've been really, 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 really lucky um, and extremely grateful to work with some of the coolest talent um, both on home soil and overseas.
0: Who would your dream client be?
1: Paris Hilton. Really?
0: really? Does that god, mean- you're such a fan I, of her? I know I am,
1: but, like, I grew up in, and as we all yeah, get, we're all yeah. ages, like, that, like, early 2000s, oh Pop culture. It's kind of it relevant like to now. Like, but yeah, 100%, yeah. But it was like what defined my early teenagehood and like how yeah, I interacted with, that. with yeah. fashion. Like yeah. your Lindsay's, your Nicole's, your Paris's, like your simple. Your life, Olsen twins. Your Olsen twins, your Hillary Duffs. Like that was the shit that I was like. Oh my god! I cannot get enough of these people. Yeah, and Paris Hilton to me, I was just like, I resonated with so much. Like, I just was absolutely obsessed with her. The fucking flip phones, the little the micro side bag, kick, the sidekick, the sidekick. I had every sidekick under the sun. Like, I wanted to try more than anything. I had the full blown juicy couture sweats with oh, juicy so the ass. Yeah. Like, I li- with like the skinniest, the skinniest little white guy ass in the entire <laughs> world. Like, the opposite of a juicy bum. But um it was. Yeah, it was like her her for me, I was just like, she's the pinnacle. She's
0: the ultimate. Yeah, she's the ultimate. What would you style her in? I
1: think that I'd have to ham up her existing kind of aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's obviously never really deferred from. She's got the same answer. She's never really deterred from what she was always. she actually hasn't. Like she's always kind of been stuck in, in a time warp, but it's worked for her. Yeah. It's kind of her brand, right? So I would kind of just play that up. Would you? Like, really play that up.
0: Yeah. So when you're about to – let's – Because I
1: love a bit of tack.
0: Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Love, I love And, and actually, tack. it is very relevant to what the style kind of is at the moment or has been this year. Is that like yeah. tack kind of – Yeah, like, like – Exactly. Like Captain yeah. Kim vibes. Yeah. yeah. Like that
1: or like – all loungewear. It's like you've got one yeah. – Exactly,
0: yeah. Um, so if you were about to get a client, would you – obviously, you've just said about Paris, like you want to keep her kind of vibe. But when you're about to style a client, do you assess like their style, their body shape and all that yeah, kind of stuff? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So like my um, – my way of working and my way is always working since day one is completely collaborative. Yeah. I'm never going to be the stylist that asks someone to come to me and say, hey, this is what, like, I always say this is what I'm thinking, but I'm not like, this is what I think you should wear, da 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 da, da. So, like, where I have always really tried to work is to the talent that I'm working with yeah. personal aesthetics. So, I'll work really collaboratively in being like, are you comfortable in this? Are you comfortable in this? Because- None of us are the same as we said earlier and everybody likes different things. Mm -hmm. So as long as I can work with them on what they like but with a touch of my kind of vibe, then that's when we find the perfect balance. And also an outfit is really only 50% of the clothes. Like the confidence that you carry a look in is so much stronger. Like you can tell when somebody feels uncomfortable. So the moment that the client is comfortable, they look 10 out of 10, bang on. Yeah. And that's really important, the confidence that comes through. So you have to work with them on what they like.
0: Yeah. Why do people – come to a stylist? I don't really
1: know. I think a matter of wanting to mix it up and and maybe leave their comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. I think that stylists really help people diversify the way that they interact with clothes and their wardrobes as well. We've shopped for ourselves for our whole entire lives and it's fantastic to get a fresh set of eyes on what you might find is a really boring wardrobe. Even if I work with a private client who's not a celebrity, I'll go to their houses and say, you don't need to spend thousands of dollars and redo your whole entire wardrobe. And that's what people mm-hmm. always think. They're like, I need a stylist, I need all new clothes, it's going to be fabulous, it's going to be amazing. Like, And I'm just like, not really. Like, Let's actually go back to square one and yeah. have a look at what you've got and we can curate it. And it's just I have always been very passionate about giving people a fresh set of eyes on what they already have. You don't have to buy, of course, there's seasonal pieces that you can buy and then maybe in a year you won't wear anymore. But... Getting a wardrobe of really fantastic basics is gonna set you up to be a much more stylish
0: person. Yeah. If you could dress anyone in like your dream designer, who would it be? Could be Australia, the International, dream designer. Dream, the yeah, dream. Oh, well who, the dream designer, like let's start again i'm like i'm even confused with that question okay so rosa came to you she's like like i want to wear something outrageous who would your dream designer be to put her in
1: well i've been so fortunate and i'm so grateful to have worked with incredible international designers that have amazing representation on home soil so we've worked with louis vuitton i've worked with dior i've worked with gucci i've worked with chanel so like all of those brands that you dream of working with christian louis another one um, we've worked with on one client or I've worked with on one client on another, and that's been incredible. I think it's more like the unique designers that maybe go a little bit under the radar or you wouldn't necessarily have heard of before. Like uh, we did the Attico. Let's give them Harold. a plug. Is like, there any Oh, I any mean, they're, they're obviously very well established and yeah. incredible. But um, like the Attico is really mm-hmm. fun for me. Very colourful, very, very, very OTT, like feathers and sequence, And so I love all that kind of stuff. I do love a party frock, I won't lie. But then I love working with emerging Aussie designers and i really try to hunt those down
0: um,
1: and work with like young kids coming out of uni if we can give them the opportunity to get their their gear on someone who is going to make a massive difference to their life. I would love to do. I remember actually just before coronavirus I was styling the Reebok show at um, Melbourne Fashion Festival and it got pulled the day before, really unfortunately. But the day of my show or the day before my show I was watching the rehearsals for – the graduate showcase and I literally sat there with my phone and was just taking photos of the designers' names of the pieces that I liked that were walking down the runway with like the full intention to call these people, DM these people or just get in touch with them on IG and be like, yo, your Your shit is fucking sick. Yeah, Can I have some samples just to have? And obviously now there's no events so – that didn't happen, but yeah. at least I've got the <laughs> at least I've got the photos, you know, in my little black book to be able to reach out when events do come back and be able to give these kids a leg up because there are some fucking incredible. Yeah, talent there's in so much
0: talent. Yeah. Like yeah.
1: arguably the best in the world. That's me being biased, being an. No, I but think so like, too. Yeah. The whole world stage is looking to Australian fashion for a lot yeah. of time. Like look at Ellery, Dion Lee, Zimmerman. Like these brands are killing it overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, Beckham Bridge. Like shit, you cannot swing a cat yeah. in West Hollywood without hitting some Kendall Jenner, Bella Hadid rocking a Beckham Bridge moment, right? Yeah, it's true. So power to Australia.
0: Yeah, I agree. How would you describe your style? I feel like um, I've seen every haircut. Pre- <laughs> sorry, I was just it's- thinking off before. I was like, how am I going to intro you? I literally have seen Ali in every hairstyle, but yeah, your style. I
1: don't know. Like it's, it's completely varied. Like I, well, I feel really straight and loungy one day. And then the next day I'm super, super preppy. I grew up dressing like very preppy. My first job was at Ralph Lauren. When I, can I was, that.
0: when I was, when I was 16
1: and I was like, I worked at Ralph Lauren on the floor and I loved Ralph Lauren and Ralph Lauren still to this day is like a label that I feel like I really, it just really resonates with me. I just, mm-hmm. it's always been, I'll always be that preppy kid at heart. Um, and so I feel like the overarching theme of my wardrobe has preppy undertones, but, um, yeah, for the most part, there's no cohesion to yeah. what I wear. Like, would you agree with that? You yeah, guys I agree. Me in every outfit under the sun, I'm like, similar
0: to you. Yeah, I you think. are as well. Yeah. Like,
1: there's just kind of you grab if you like it in the moment, you grab it. I'm very trend focused. I'll grab something and literally in six months time, I'll be like, ew, what get the fuck was I thinking? Yeah. Get rid of it." But um, yeah, for the most part, I would probably say like preppy undertones, but much more like trend focused.
0: Well, you always look bloody amazing, so <laughs> That's very you're tight. doing something right. Like, <laughs> do you have style icons yourself?
1: Um, I don't necessarily have style icons. There's a book called Take Ivy, which was done by a Japanese photographer in the 80s. He went um, over from Japan and studied all the Ivy League schools in the US. So he went to like Brown, Princeton, Harvard, et cetera, cetera, yep. And he just stayed on campus and photographed all these Ivy League kids going to and from their classes, yep. like to and from the dining halls. And I've taken a lot of inspiration from that in my time, a lot. Love that. Um, and that those photographs really resonated with me in a way that like, you know, we were actually chatting about an outfit. I remember at the beginning of the year, or maybe it was, no, it was not beginning of the year, it was beginning of this year. You actually inboxed me about an outfit that I put on IG and it was like me in like Gucci loafers with a big chunky white sock and baggy oh, shorts yes. and like a yeah, half zip. Yeah, yeah. And that to me was like really 80s, like Ivy League kind of prep. Like I was really loving that. But then... So that book has been a massive inspiration for me. And then I really do love for my wardrobe, um, I integrate a lot of what I see Kendall Jenner wearing, but I try to like masculinize it a little bit. I love um, her style. She does an incredible, oh, she's job, incredible yeah. job with her. And I absolutely adore her. And I think she really is a modern style icon. I know people roll their eyes all the time about that and be like, get a little bit more creative. But sorry for me, like. Kendall is a real style icon and I also absolutely adore Harry Styles' personal dress sense as well. I wear a lot of Gucci and I integrate a lot of what he does into my wardrobe too. I painted my nails for the first six months of um, (laughs) – yeah, up until – sorry, not six months of this year – the past six months up until nail salons fucking closed, <laughs> I was getting my nails painted and like I love that like kind of like quirkiness. But then again as well, he has like these undertones of prep.
0: Yeah, he does. With like really yeah. cool
1: like knits and blazers and, and some fantastic tailoring. So I love Harry and I love Kendall for my personal aesthetic. Yeah.
0: Do you reckon you've learned like through business and styling and stuff, what would be like the lessons that you've learned?
1: Um, I've learned to not take anything too seriously
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I know that sounds super cliche. I know that really does sound super cliche but it's one of those things I remember when I worked um, more on kind of the media side of things, people would always be like, it's PR not ER yeah. and I think the same is to be said for fashion. Like, Fashion is not to be taken seriously at all. Fashion is there as escapism. It is so fun to play with clothes. It is so fun to get dressed up and go out for dinner and meet your friends. What you put on your back makes you feel so much better as a person Yeah, and I think that there's no point taking it too seriously. Yes, our livelihoods are at stake. And at a time in where we're not working as much due to the fashion industry taking a huge impact, that cannot be discredited. But I think that fashion in itself is there as, as I said, escapism. And it is, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to play dress ups. Like for anyone listening who played with Barbies as a kid, or I know I fucking did. Like I thought it was the funnest thing in the entire world, putting these little outfits together. So yeah, I think that's definitely the number one thing that I've taken is that you take your work seriously and you respect those that you work with and you make sure that you are a professional in every sense of the word but the actual subject matter, have fun with it.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I like that. Do you think after Mm -hmm. all this corona and not as many events happening, the career as a stylist and your career is going to change?
1: I think so and it's definitely something that I have to be more considerate of as well. Yeah. Um. I would say how it would have maybe traditionally worked is that um, myself and my colleagues, other stylists in the country who are all incredible and do the best jobs with their clients um, in kind of like the celebrity space, <clears throat> you probably cut your teeth on a red carpet yeah. yeah, and then that filters into all the other amazing opportunities that come to us. But with no red carpets and no celebrities walking red carpets, then that kind of maybe is a diversification of how, of how work comes. So yeah, it's definitely a time to, to rethink the wheel, and with people being more frugal with their spending and, and that kind of stuff, it's maybe looking to more to the sustainable side of fashion. And I will always say that I've never been that good yeah. at sustainability and doing that. And I've sh- started to shop a little bit more vintage, but it's just working in in different ways. We're all just trying to figure out how like this landscape works, and I definitely don't have the answer for that yet. But you know, trying to weigh out my options. <clears throat>
0: Do you see your career always being in fashion? Or styling? Or... I think in
1: some capacity. Yeah. It'll definitely be creative for the rest of my life. I could never go back to having had the experience working for the family business, I know that I'm not a nine-to-five nine to five really office gal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely not. So, yeah, it will always be creative in some capacity, um, whether that's fashion specifically. Who knows? Like I'm obsessed with beauty. I literally – my version of meditation is I sit in front of that fucking TV <laughs> that we can see in the background. Oh, my God. I'm i it. put on YouTube. Jeffree Star and yeah. I just literally watch like Jeffree Star – YouTube, like, reviews on makeup products or whether that goes into the creative space and working with brands on what's cool and, and how to make their brand relevant. You're a bit
0: of a tastemaker in that way. like That's you, very kind. Yeah.
1: But, you know, just making sure that people are, like, you've got your finger on the pulse. Like, yeah. how can you make this brand mm. desirable to the consumer? How can you make it accessible to the consumer? Like, how all of those things come into play for a product at the end of the day you know Mm -hmm. you don't just see a piece of clothing on a rack there's been so much time and effort and research has gone into why that piece of clothing or that beauty product has been produced so whether it's creatively in that aspect who knows but Watch this space, I guess.
0: Yeah. So um, I've got one more question and then we're going to go to Instagram questions. Okay. And actually what, there was one question about skincare too, so I've got to remember to say that one.
1: Oh, my skin's <laughs> fucked, full disclosure. So <laughs> whoever asked that question, I'm really sorry. My skin is a nightmare at the moment. But anyway.
0: But before we go to that, I just want to know, like what would your biggest career highlight be to date?
1: Um, there's been so many. I think that... Um, My career started to really diversify with travel. Yep. And I think doing the fall winter launch with Shanina was incredible. That was on home soil. The Phoebe Tonkin Chanel beauty job with Gritty Pretty in Paris was incredible. I think going to Paris Couture Week was such a massive thing. Uh, New York Fashion Week just this past February before coronavirus, that was massive. That looked
0: amazing. Yeah, Yeah, that was
1: really incredible. But I think that all of it's been a highlight in its own way. I think the first time I did anything was a highlight for me. Yeah,
0: that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because I'd never done it before. Yeah. So it was so exciting. Working with Bonds, arguably one of the most iconic Australian brands on two campaigns, incredible. Yeah. That would absolutely be a career highlight for me as well. Um, There's a huge commercial campaign. We shot for three days on the Gold Coast doing swim. Bonds renovated a bloody motel, painted the whole thing, decked it out. Like you go to these sets and it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. Um,
0: and a company like that's got a budget, you're like,
1: yeah, yeah, totally. Do you like, ever? Do you ever Bonds call me?
0: Do you ever walk into something like that and you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm qualified. for this. Like, do you ever get overwhelmed? Fagoty make it always. Yeah. Look at yeah. My face. That's like I my face. I wasn't born like, like this. <laughs> Who should we credit? Dr. Tasker. <laughs> So now we're going to go to the Instagram question. So yeah. the first one was, which Kardashian would you most love to style? Someone Kendall, wrote obviously. That? Okay, let's delete <laughs> Kendall. Because, okay, five. Okay, we've got to delete. She's not a Kardashian. I have okay, a question. Down. Yeah. When you say, like want to style, does that mean you think that person doesn't have style? And no, no, I think you just have a
1: moment with yeah, them, right? Yeah,
0: okay. So that was the question. Probably Kim.
1: I mean, she's literally the OJ. I,
0: I think yeah. she's kind of getting better because she's got the influence from Kanye, yeah. right? Yeah, I like her vibe. I do like her and vibe a, too. And,
1: like, she, she looks like she takes risks and also, like, she is the OJ.
0: The, definitely. So,
1: like, come on. If you're going to do any of them, you're yeah. doing Kylie. Ki- I like p- that. Kylie. You're doing Kim. Yep.
0: Sarah, uh, next one. Favourite fashion trends?
1: Favourite fashion trends? Well, Miss Rona's really fucking thrown a spanner. I in know the words, So definitely trackies and hoodies. And if anyone
0: from the USA is listening or anyone, what's trackies? Because they will not know. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> trackies are sweats, like Sweater, sweatpants. Yeah, cool. So like sweats. Um, Yeah, like anything like that. Um, Love that. Is Is massive. And what else? So, so yeah, any loungewear at the moment is probably the the go. Are
0: there Rosalia any Russian e- at... Yeah. yeah, Rosalia Russian Exit
1: is really, really comfy. <laughs> Sorry, that
0: came up again. Fuck. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to throw one in there too. Is there, are there any trends going around that you don't like? Because I know Rosa and I commented on one trend the other day that we're like, oh, gross, like I can't believe that's a trend. And it was the jeans with your bum cut.
1: Oh, my God, yeah. I didn't even realise that was a thing. I don't really know. And do you know what? I said this the other week. I feel like fashion is becoming much more trendless. If you watch the diversification of what designers are producing, there are so many different designers from walks of life, different cultures, different ethnicities, which is incredible. Like fashion is an industry that celebrates diversity and that is the best thing about it, that there are so many different looks walking down the runways being produced by the most incredible designers. And there used to be quite cohesion across collections for brands and now I think that there's a lack of cohesion, which is actually really exciting. So... Whether it's trends, trend, like there's trends happening or it's trendless, like there's so many different things going on. Just wear what you fucking like.
0: Yeah, I love that. Now, do you like minimalistic dressing or going all out?
1: Both. Yeah. No, it really sucks, but like totally both. Yeah. I think in day-to-day I'm quite minimalist, mm-hmm. but if I'm doing something, showing up to work, I'm quite maximalist. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's like if you go into my wardrobe, you'll actually see that. It's literally like basics, basics, basics. I'm so excited pinching, to go into your like it's wardrobe. like it goes from like yeah. from one extreme to the other. Like yeah. give me a printed Versace shirt with naked dudes on it down to a blazy grey hoodie.
0: Yeah, I love that. I really do. Um and I didn't write this one down, but when you said skincare, someone also wanted to know your skincare routine.
1: Um shit. It used to be really good. Like I used to be so regimented. Um, I've always had like an a touchy relationship with my skin. Mm-hmm and i have always suffered breakouts not like crazy breakouts and for those who have suffered like proper breakouts i'm so sorry like i really would love some advice but like yeah. i just have always had like one or two pimples it's mm-hmm. always every week right um so this definitely could be worse but i was like a rationale addict but because i was traveling so much up until coronavirus, I'm not sure you guys have used Rationale. Oh, use I use it. Shits it shits me. I, like use I, I it. honestly arguably reckon it's the best product on the market. My skin was fucking incredible. But can you
0: get it anywhere else? No,
1: you have to buy it through Rationale. Oh. But all the product is glass. And when you're on a plane oh. every week oh, and you're yeah. just trying to take carry-on, it's so fucking heavy yeah, and it true. takes up so much space. I'm like, ooh. I mean, I could like maybe go and do like the non-lazy person thing and actually like decant it. Oh, yeah, it but how like, can you be bothered but, like, to do that fucked, shit? Right? No So way. if anyone from Rationale is listening, love you guys. Could you please make some sort of like –
0: travel, plastic travel plastic, moment right, yeah.
1: for the people who are on a plane all the time so rationale and now I just use like the rationale morning so I'll do like half rationale and then half which I bought at Maker and I love Oh yeah, that's cool. Dermalogica works, guys. Yeah, I
0: used to like, use it really when I was growing up. Yeah.
1: Max May actually got me onto um got me onto the skin resurfacing cleanser. Oh my
0: god, the micro. Oh, no, 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 not that oh. one.
1: Another one. And I was like, oh god, I got so
0: excited I know, like, No, no, it's my... so fucking good. Yeah. And I was like,
1: because I saw it on Max's Instagram story actually wrote it. I'm like, Max, is that what it's spawn? And he was like, no, no, babe, like it genuinely works. Like every model I do who like comes to me and says, like, They've how do got I get my bags, skin good? Yeah. He says, Get on this, like so. What's cleanser. it called? It's called the Skin Resurfacing Cleanser by Dermalogica. You can get it at Mecca Max. Okay, we need to write it's that phenomenal. in the show
0: notes because I feel like people are gonna. It's <clears throat> <clears throat> really going really good to I'm just gonna it buy it is. because I trust you. No,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I said it on the Lady Bunch actually the other day. Like the products that got us through ISO and my skin was so congested because I couldn't get facials. Yeah, and I bought it online and it got delivered to when I was living at the farm. Within a week, it was like bang.
0: Yeah. No, your skin looks amazing. <laughs> um, this is kind of good, maybe touch on what we said before, but uh, winter trends this year. Um. Winter
1: trends this year, we're still kind of going through this whole coronavirus yeah, moment, right? Yeah, it's kind of so hard to answer, right? I always say with winter, winter's much more traditional. Mm. Summer, you can have a fun or like spring or where yeah. you're actually getting out and doing things. Like people aren't doing that much in winter.
0: Yeah, events and especially slow- at the moment. Like what well, you can go for dinner. Well, I mean now,
1: I mean there's fuck all going yeah. on. But like winter, the events slow down, all that kind of stuff where you're actually really getting dressed up and mm-hmm. being a bit more trend focused. So for me, I'm always like winter, be considerate of like your luxury staples. If you want to invest in something, winter's a good time to do it. So buy a beautiful coat that you'll get five seasons out of, whether that be a trench or a beautiful woman overcoat, a great coat that will see you three, four, five, even six years. Yeah. Spend some money and splurge on a really beautiful coat.
0: Love that. And to wrap it up, three things that people wouldn't know about you. This is my favourite question.
1: fuck. I mean.
0: I thought of one before actually when we were talking about Jolly Bishop. About me. Yeah, about you
1: something that they wouldn't know about, yeah. Me. Well, what is it? You can take one off. <laughs> off my plate.
0: I, I have um, plenty because sharing an office with you. Um, then, um, you're, <laughs> but but you're, is it PJ? A uh, PJ? <laughs> PJ rated? Yeah, hundred percent. You were you were a part of the Young Liberals.
1: Yeah, I was. I did some stuff with the Young Liberals, and um, our family's always been very, 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 very vocal about the support of the Liberal Party. So mm-hmm. it was great to have Julie on, and um, and that was really incredible. I'm trying to think three things people don't know about me. I'm um
0: quite going back to the liberals for one second. Yeah. You are really educated and I know we all have some really great political chats. Do, is it something that you would ever go into?
1: No, I don't necessarily think so. My dad was actually trying to get me to push for, like, the local <laughs> office in Sonnton. I was like, mate, if we get into fucking, like, are you joking? The amount of skeletons in my closet, you can open the door and they yeah. fucking fall out and kill the person who the a door. a whole PR, Like, bloody... Jesus Christ. You
0: definitely need a publicist Like, honestly, shit.
1: like, if they could get the footage from Boutique and Seven back in the day, like, I never, ever, ever, it would never happen. But, no, I don't necessarily think so. And I think as well, like, um, albeit... Everyone has, and this is what we were saying earlier, like everyone has different opinions yep. and opinions are like arseholes. Everyone's fucking got one, right? So I've never been the person who's been overly vocal about my political opinion yep. or anything that's like overarchingly dramatic that's going on in the world. I've always been quite reserved about sharing my opinion, and which is so weird because I'm so outspoken yeah. in every single other aspect of my life. And like obviously the world at the moment is an extremely, extremely traumatic place. It's very tumultuous. Our generation's never seen anything like this before. And I just made the conscious decision to reserve my opinion about what was going on because at the end of the day people come to my IG or they listen to a podcast like this to hear me talk shit, have a laugh. Like I'm not, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm a stylist. Yeah. Like let's call a fucking spade a spade. I'm not a politician. I'm not dramatically impacting people's lives. So if you want to come and have a laugh and talk about clothes, I'm your man. But my political opinions and my opinions of what are currently going on in the world I keep to myself and my best friends because at the end of the day you don't need to hear it from me. You're hearing it from fucking everyone else.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true. Instagram is very saturated.
1: So, yeah. I don't know. Three things. Fuck, sorry. We, we just keep going off. Um, <laughs> I, I'm i quite I'm, I'm quite nerdy. I don't in know, what you said, way? You said educated. So yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You are very educated. Um, I
1: read a lot. I consume a lot of media. I consume a lot of media in all different platforms. I read The Australian every other day. I
0: Do you really? Read, yeah, I read in books what, every other second. Why do you read up on that?
1: Which is like I like to be informed. Yeah, I like to be informed and educated and abreast of like news and current affairs. I yeah. think it's very important to not bury your head in the sand and and also and to acknowledge everybody's opinions as well. Like albeit my opinion not might not be the same as somebody else's, I do love hearing others other people's yeah. Like okay, I might not agree with you, but I'm not going to fucking cut your head off about it. Mm-hmm. Um I read a lot of books. I've, like, I had, like, no friends but Harry Potter up until, like, the fifth grade. <laughs> like, I was absolutely obsessed with Harry Potter books. I will sit and watch a movie. It drives everyone insane and, like, or, like, anything. I'll just sit and, like, Wikipedia the shit out of stuff. Like, I just love consuming media. I've always been a huge consumer of, like, educational media. I love to just, like, it's, I just, like, sponge it in. Yeah. Um, someone said to me once that I'm, like, a bank of useless knowledge. Like I think I've
0: heard you say that you before, go, actually. You could go on, like, yeah. who wants to be
1: a millionaire and just, like, take out the million bucks because I know everything about nothing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I've always really liked that and it's always been a real passion of mine. Um,
0: but it's also really good because you could have a conversation with anyone, anyone. and everyone. Yeah.
1: Well, that's a good. And I, you do. And you I know, love, yeah. I, that, and yeah. that's a thing that I love. Like, yep. you can't shut me up. I love going and sitting with people and change people and, and meeting different people all the time. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that that's a massive common misconception maybe people don't know about me is that I think that a lot of people and I've been told this and I wouldn't have necessarily thought it, could maybe think that I was quite judgmental. Mm. Um, and that's not to say I'm not judgmental, by the way. When <laughs> we're, not, we're not perfect. Um, and I'm never going to say that I'm not. But um, I'm never judgmental of someone until I meet them.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: And is it a character flaw being judgmental? Of course it's a character flaw of all of ours. But I will give absolutely every single person the time of day. You
0: do. You actually do. Yeah.
1: And Because I love meeting new people.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I'll develop an opinion of you afterwards. If you're a fucking asshole, then I obviously won't talk to you again. <laughs> but I love meeting new people from all walks of life. And my, my parents have really instilled that in, in me as well is that, like, you give everybody a chance. Mm-hmm, you yeah. never, ever know what somebody can uh, – you can contribute to somebody else's life or what somebody can, uh, you can learn from somebody else. So it's incredible the people that you meet along the way when you just stop and actually chat to someone.
0: Yeah, I really like that. And I think that's where you're, in my head, I was just like, oh, Elliot is one of the the kindest people and has the biggest heart. So I know like if anyone's upset in the office, you're you're the first giving it like a hug and the best advice. And And always make everyone feel good. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's where that compassion stems from is like you you can chat with anyone and relate to their story.
1: Absolutely. But I'm not going to sit on a pedestal and say I'm perfect either, like- you know, a We're lot of people don't. A oh, lot of yeah. people don't like me too. So, <laughs> yeah. and there's obviously a reason for that. Um, But yeah, if I could give anyone some advice while they're listening, give everyone the time of day because everyone's got a very interesting life story.
0: Yeah, I like that.
1: And well,
0: this, is this up to number? Are we up number to three. Yeah. Woo!
1: I think number three is what's number three? Should I just do like a boring one that's not so deep? We sound so serious. Yeah, go, give me-
0: um,
1: I, I'm actually, I'm a pretty capable horse rider. I grew okay. up riding competitively and competitively show jumping, and um, I will try anything once. So that started as that, and it became a real passion for me. And I still to this day I'll go down riding with some really dear friends of mine, Ed and JJ Connolly, who I met through the Victoria Racing Club, and now we'll go um, we'll go riding and yeah. we'll, and like it's it's an absolute highlight for me. I go down on Saturday mornings and go riding with those guys who I they're just such dear friends of mine. So that and really, it'll be. It all comes down to like trying anything once. I yeah. think my mum was a really capable horse rider. She showed Western pleasure forever, and then that was kind of the thing. I love adrenaline. Like I love a fucking scary ride. I love trying anything once. And like I play very badly, but I've just recently started again. Play golf. I just bought a skateboard. I'm trying to teach myself how to skate. <laughs> I'm taking golf lessons back up again. I um, I cook, and I've just renovated a house and. I've started cooking in my kitchen because I feel like that's really fun and I never used to do that before and it turns out I'm actually kind of a good cook. But then again, I can't really that hard, like just following the recipe, right? But, yeah, like just giving shit a go. Like I love giving shit a go. I'll never, ever say no to anything. I'll eat something once. I'll try something once. I'll always do something once. Again, I think it comes back to what I was just saying about giving people a chance. Yeah. Um, You can always have an opinion of something or someone after you've tried it.
0: Yeah, agree. But don't yeah. tell
1: me you don't like that fucking food. You never put it in your mouth. <laughs> yeah.
0: okay, you don't know, like really. people are, oh
1: no, I hate <laughs> that. It's disgusting. I might like, really? have you ever tried it. How many it? times have yeah. you fucking tried it? Like, okay, yeah, jumping out of a plane's fucking scary, but you might really love it if yeah. you try it once. Um so yeah, I think it all comes back to that kind of it's just I think it comes down to for me, just never leaving a stone unturned.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you only got You know, only like, got one like, life. I know, you know it sounds so too. cliche but you've only got
1: one life, but like just grab by the fucking nuts and just yeah. roll with it. Otherwise,
0: you're gonna fucking die wondering. Totally. I like might get walk out and
1: get hit by a fucking bus tomorrow. Yeah. Again, that sounds like a cliche too, but might get coronavirus and car. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I do. At least you have a
1: great time along yeah. the way.
0: And I think that's. Um, We're here for a
1: good time, not a long time.
0: And I think, having said that, I think that is the roundup. I think no, we can yeah. end on that. One. We've got one more game. Oh, do we? Oh, do, do we oh, oh, shit. I liked that ending. I was like, we've got She wants to get rid of me, rude. We've got one game that we end everything with. Oh, yeah. But I've seen oh, yeah. it before. I was like, oh, yeah, we can do that. Okay. okay. Well, we, we can do that? Yeah. But yeah. I was just like, okay, let's go. <laughs> okay,
1: we've <laughs> so excited and flustered. It's just
0: a little – you are a little red. <laughs>
1: I love a rouge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll let Sarah do this one. It's like Sarah's okay. favourite thing. It's my favourite thing because I love food so much. Okay. So we played this game like what would you, your dying meal kind of – So it has style. to be like – Oh, yeah, yeah, like yes, entree so main dessert. Like, yeah, exactly. So hit us with it.
1: Entree main dessert, dying meal. Okay. I would have, I would have. And
0: mm, it it's a hard question, but it really just goes to show someone's personality, I, I feel like. I think that
1: I would have Maccas for entree.
0: What, what macas? I
1: fucking love Maccas. I'd have, I mean, it's quite a big entree. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have a large big Mac Figure with, it's your yeah, diet meal. A, it's your diet meal. I'd have a large big Mac meal with the Coke and 10 chicken nuggets because that's just like dirty, like guilt-free, but fucking yum. And then for main, I think that I would have like, For Maine, I think that I would have probably like something that reminds me of of, like being a kid and just like resonates with this a time when there was no stress and nothing. I think it would be maybe Uh, like Mum's Sunday roast. Yeah. Yeah. Like reminds you of just being at home with family and like
0: no problems. No problems in
1: the entire world. And it just takes you back to being a little kid and like the gravy and just like the stuff that mum used to like chuck on the plate and, and it really just makes you feel like comfortable Wholesome. and safe yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: um so you get your dirty bird you get something that takes you back to a happier time and then for dessert i probably would have you know how it's always like would you have the sweet or the savory would you yeah. have the ice cream or the cheese butter i'd probably have the cheese butter
0: really yeah i'm
1: not i'm not a big sweets person I love savory if you put down a box of chocolates in front of me i probably have one if you put down a box of shapes in front of me fucking good luck
0: huh. gone in two minutes Really? Okay. Yeah. I think you're the first one that said savoury yeah. for a dessert.
1: Yeah. Always been savoury.
0: Yeah. I do like a cheese platter. Love
1: a little cheese platter. Yeah.
0: Love. Well, do you have any finish finishing wise words like before because I in interrupted the – I know. That was a good ending. Finish. <laughs> I was like, fuck, do you have, throw out another one. <laughs> yeah.
1: The rudeness. <laughs> um, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think that um, – I don't really think I have any wise words. and I, I hope that people don't think that they – Feel like they should be getting wise words from me. There's a lot wiser people for me <laughs> yeah. out there. Yeah. There really are. Um, but I think the thing that I've always lived by since being 14 years old and coming out as gay in all boys' school to the way I live my life now is that you just can't give a fuck about what anyone else thinks.
0: I like that. And I yeah.
1: really mean that. Like, as long as you are the best person you can be to your family and your friends. Everyone
0: else, doesn't matter, yeah. I love that. And you are freaking amazing. So thank you so much for letting us come to your house and interviewing you. Tequila now? I know. Tequila Tully. (laughs)